Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline. Your every Wednesday live cast, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, brought to you by me, your host, Reese, aka Reeseus, sometimes Reeseo, depending on the day of the week and how uppity those tower getting. Gotta keep them down. Just kidding. Uh, I am your host, and this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get tabletop gaming goodies, gaming mats, terrain, discounted hobby products, daily blog, videos, podcasts, all kinds of cool stuff. If you like tabletop gaming, specifically Warhammer 40k, it's probably a place you want to hang out. Thank you for joining me. If you are listening to us on a podcast or watching on YouTube and you're wondering what crazy ghosts am I talking to or if I am insane... Well, maybe to the second part of that question, but I'm talking to people that are joining us in chat. And if you want to do that, like I said, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can do so via Twitch, uh, YouTube, or Facebook. To everybody in the chat, hello. Hope you're having a great day. Thank you for joining me. Let's dive in and talk about what happened in the last week in the warmer hobby. Well, first of all, if you like gaming mats, which you should... We are in the last day of our promotion for the FLG Mat City. City is one of the OG mats. It's one of our most popular mats, and you have until the end of the day, the uh, today, Wednesday. What is it? What is the date today? It's the 17th? Yeah, the 17th to uh, take advantage of that, 20% off. If you are listening to us on Friday, ha ha, too bad, so sad, you're dead. Uh, but we do have another promotion going for a current uh, new release FLG map. This one is called Country Roads. I really like it a lot. It's a very, very aesthetically pleasing mat. It evokes uh, a setting of, quite frankly, or quite obviously, a country road set in a pasture. Really good looking mat. It would be great for any kind of a fantasy game, a modern uh, combat game, bolt action, or it could work perfectly fine for 40K as well. So check it out. That is 18% off through next Wednesday, the 24th. And we are also running a promo on a terrain set. This one is Gothic Ruins. It is our most popular ITC terrain set. Jump in, grab it, 20% off. Pretty cool. It is a really good looking set of terrain that is also very easy to put together and paint. And unsurprisingly, it goes good on the Ruin City mat. Rad Pace, those country roads do take us home to a place where we belong. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything else after that. Rolling dice, West Virginia, something, something. I don't know. But yeah, Country Roads, really nice looking, Matt. And if you want to take advantage of any of those promos, please do head on over to store.frontlinegaming.org and you can pick that up. Maybe grab some other fun stuff. 40K goodies, Age of Sigmar. Whatever blows your hair back. Army Painter. We've got all kinds of good stuff in there. All right, let's take a look at non-FLG promos and take a look at GW promos. So the big news right now is Warzone Charadon, Caradon, eh, potato, potato. I don't know how to say it. We're going to say Charadon. Uh, someone can uh, can correct me, I'm sure. They're like, in Latin, it's a hard cuh. I don't know. I think I was wrong on that one, too. Uh, but it's going to be called Act 1, The Book of Rust, which is uh, very interesting you can see the uh, table of contents here. There's some really interesting stuff in it. Um, kind of like the key touching points, I think, for what is going to be um, in this book, what looks to be the most interesting. Obviously, you have some really fun crusade rules. It's going to be a narrative campaign like Vigilus or any of the other ones we've had in the past. And what this does is it gives you a narrative campaign you can play 
It gives you extra uh, lore and it expands the universe and the story, which is super fun. Tomodachi Express said it should have been called Warzone Charizard. I do like that. That would have been really funny. But it also gives you some new army rules, and this is for match play, which most of the people that listen to this podcast are tend to be focused on match play. And um, Phil Kelly rubbed my belly, jumps in and says it's like new formations. I think it's, I guess it is kind of like formations, but in my intel missions deep behind enemy lines, um, they're, 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 apparently they're going to be pretty dang balanced. They may not be top tier, but um, from what I've seen in the rules, they look like they give you something and then they take something away to try and achieve balance. So you get a thematic force that gets a little bit of a boost, but then you don't have all the units available to them. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see when the rules come out in greater depth what that means exactly. But as a fan, someone who's a big fan of thematic armies, I think it looks really cool. Tomodachi Express says, uh, for example, in the AdMech version in their thematic army, which we were previewed on the Warhammer community page today, you don't get any Skatari, which is a bit rough, but it sounds fun. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, Tomodachi Express, in that it's a different way to play the game. It's giving you variety. It's hopefully giving you enough tools to make that thematic army competitive enough that you'll want to take it, which, I mean, that's great in my opinion. I love thematic armies. And Skatari are widely considered to be the most powerful part of Admech right now. So not getting those is a pretty big um, nerf or balancing effect, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, I think it's really cool. I love having different ways to play the game. For me, thematic armies, like with what we saw with Dark Angels, is just, yeah, it's a home run, right? Like, that, that, to me, hits all the right notes. Uh, the, the, the person who's into the lore can play an army that reflects the lore. The competitive player gets something that's good and different. And the, the hobbyist has something that looks thematic and coherent. That's a win, right? And I think GW should do everything they can to give us more powerful, balanced, thematic forces. Uh, it just it increases the amount of variety on the tabletop, too. Like using the Dark Angels example, you could play a Ravenwing army or a Deathwing army or a Greenwing army, right? Like out of one codex, you get three distinct playstyles. I think that's really cool. So hopefully that's what we get with these uh, uh, thematic forces. The armies of renown is what they're calling them. Um, Rum Runner asks, is it match play? Yes, it is match play. Uh, GW did confirm that. So really, really cool to see this. Uh, Knights are getting a little bit of love. They definitely need it. Hopefully they get a boost that makes them a little bit more appealing for a competitive player. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm exciting. More content is uh, is fun, especially when it touches on a lot of different armies um, that could use a little boost. Speaking of Dark Angels, why don't other 8th armies get beta index PDFs, says Brian Fnord. I don't know. Couldn't tell you, man. Uh, let me some more lore-based fluffy armies, says Lou Rollins. Hobby. I agree. It's just... When you can give everybody a little bit of what they want, that's just a win. It's like an obvious win, right? Um, can't wait. Speaking of which, kind of on that same topic, uh, Bellacore's rule, got a little bit of a rules preview and holy free holies. My goodness, Bellacore is looking absolutely stunning. Not just from a, an aesthetic uh, perspective with his models. He looks the rules look really, really strong. So the, what we got so far from him, um, we got a preview of his weapon. And this is something that they're doing really common 
are commonly with the big models now, which I think is great. Because before, they usually got one or the other, and it kind of left them lacking. So the Blade of Shadows, which is his, his signature sword, um, you can either do a Sweeping Strike, which hits lots of models. So he gets, if he does this, it's one damage, and he gets two um, uh, hit rolls instead of one. So you can sweep through a bunch of little chaff uh, models, which is cool. Or he can do his Piercing Strike, which is his heavy hitting attack, and that's what he uses to fight other monsters, you know, Bobby G, a tank, or whatever. And it, um, it, it the strength is higher, the AP is better, and it does lots of damage. I, I think this is something they should do for all the big boys. Um, you know, Knights kind of led the way with this uh, in many ways. And it just it makes it so that these models that are supposed to be absolute terrors on the battlefield can go, they don't get tar pitted in a big unit of orcs, or they don't, you know, they're un incapable of dealing with a really um, high toughness, high wound uh, enemy model. They should be able to kill almost anything, right? So um, I think it's great, right? Like these big, beautiful models, you want to see them on the tabletop, right? Uh, they're a core part of the lore and the aesthetic of the game. So getting them out there and having them reflect the, a little bit more accurately the way they're represented in the lore is only a good thing. Uh, you want a new player that comes in and just read a book uh, about how badass Bellacore is and then puts him on the table and he gets shot off the table turn one or he gets stuck in a unit of orcs. That doesn't really feel right, right? So I'm, I'm all for this, assuming that the points are correct. That's always the hard part. Uh, another rule that we got, this is another really strong defensive buff, Immortal Vigor. The model has a four-up invul save. Each time a ranged attack is made against this model, subtract from that attack's wound roll. That's incredibly strong. So one of the biggest problems that we've seen um, with these big models is that if you don't go first and you don't put all the psychic buffs and all that stuff on them, they just get nuked off the table instantaneously. It's not fun. It makes those models a huge liability, right? Like if, they're, uh, if their defense isn't good enough, you don't get to use their amazing offense. So it's like, eh. And one of the problems with before too, especially with like uh, Magnus, it's like if you go first and you juice him up, he's too hard to kill in some instances and he could kill your whole army. That's not fun. But if you go second, he's really squishy and he gets annihilated. There has to be a, a middle ground there. The real problem is the I go, you go format of 40K. Um, it's an inherently unfair system at the scale that you play the game at but if gw ever changes that is anybody's guess i wouldn't hold my breath but i don't know i wish uh, uh i wish they did i think the game would be a lot more fun if it was a little bit more of an alternating activation setup but it is what it is for now uh and let's take a look at his last buff that we've been previewed which is called shadow form each time an attack is made against this model your opponent cannot re-roll the hit roll each time an attack is made against this unit, subtract one from the attack's hit roll. So, this is some of the most powerful defensive buffs you can get. So, you're minus one to hit, no rerolls, which massively mitigates a minus one to hit, right? And you're minus one to wound with a ranged attack, and he has a four up invul save. So, this guy is beef supreme, like, really, really gonna be difficult to kill, especially from range. So, his points need to be appropriate. He looks like he hits like a truck. I love it as long as he's not too cheap. But then again, you can only ever take one of them. So it's not the end of the world. I'm excited to see Bellacore on the table. Um, hopefully, he's, as I've been saying, pointed appropriately. But he looks 
extra beefy with sour cream and a side of guacamole. Can't wait. Can't wait to get this guy on the table. And the model is amazing. Tomodachi Express says he just needs transhuman physiology. I think he's good. I think he's good. I don't think he needs transhuman physiology. I think the big question is whether he's T7 or T8, because that's a really big break point on the toughness scale. If he's T7, I think he'll be manageable. If he's T8, that's, he's going to be real beefy. Beef and cream, says Anthony O'Dell. Yeah. Beef and cream. That sounds like some strange British dish. Oh, I love... Give me the beef and cream. Maybe a Lord of War or a Supreme Command, says Chuck Crow in the chat. Yeah, they did kind of insinuate that he might be a Lord of War, which would be appropriate looking at his stats. It certainly seems that way. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Tomodachi Express, he looks like a Supreme Commander. Yeah, totally. In the lore, he is... He's the OG Demon Prince. In Age of Sigmar, he crowned Archeon. In 40k, you know what I mean? Like... It would make sense for him to be a supreme commander of a chaos undivided force. Um, and we haven't really seen that rule get utilized very much in 9th edition, the supreme commander rule. So I, I totally think um, Bellacor could be a prime candidate for a supreme command uh, unit for chaos undivided. Phil Kelly rubbed my belly, says he's a Brit and he's mildly offended by the food reference or by my terrible accent uh, or both. <laughs> um greening says he's smaller than the greater demons um well he was prior the old bellicor model is still one of my favorite sculpts it's brilliant but it's just really small this one looks like he's going to be on par with a bloodthirster or something he's gonna be huge um lou rollins says the supreme commander of chaos and divider would be cool yeah i i could totally see him being that because that that would that would align with his lore a toad in a hole is another british food yeah there's some weird names for British food. We don't need to go into all of them, but uh, definitely some strange ones. All right. Well, enough about Bellacor because he looks amazing, and I'm sure everyone is excited to see him on the table. Let's take a look at the second-to-last Warhammer Underworlds warband that was revealed. And this one, his name is Mir Kanan, and he is of the Oziark Bone Reapers. So this whole season of Warhammer Underworlds warbands I'm buying every single one of them. They're all so cool. I've already got Karga's Ravagers. I've painted up two of them. I love them. I love the new Chaos Warrior models. They just, they feel like so hardcore Conan. Just so good. Ah, oh, they have so much character. And now that they're not limited to being on the um, square bases like you had in Fantasy, they can be ultra dynamic and they've got weapons everywhere. I absolutely love these models. They're all push fit. I know uh, not everybody is into the to the push fit. I love them personally because they're so easy to put together. And the colored plastic, that's something I hope GW does more and more and more because it just makes it super easy to put them on the table and go. Like if you're a D&D &D player or whatever, like you can already go, oh, the red guy or, you know, the green guy or whatever when you're trying to differentiate models, um, which... I don't actually play Warhammer Underworlds. I've heard it's really fun. We use them for like D&D &D and stuff like that. But this model, so brilliant. The design characteristics of it are spectacular. He feels like, like the direction they went with the Oziark Bone Reapers to make him beefy, that offsets one of the inherent like weird things about skeletons is that they always look so weedy. 
like a skeleton inherently looks just kind of like, you know, like you feel like you punch the skeleton, you fall apart. And so GW has gotten around that by giving him cloaks and armor and all this stuff to beef him up. But then with the Ozark Bone Reapers, they were just like, we're going to put bones on bones, yo. And the end result is a really unique, very like intimidating, fleshed out looking model. I love them. And the aesthetic going on is very Necron-y, as a lot of people in the chat have said. I totally agree. They're like fantasy Necrons, which I think is great. Um, and I, de- I definitely get like a really like Benicio Del Toro kind of feel to it. Um, with the way like, especially this model, Mir Kanan, with the, the kind of like the face and the big fins on the head. Like, I love it. I love it. Just really good. Supreme Strategy in the chat says they all look like uh, bone golems if you play D&D or, or Pathfinder or something like that. Yeah, totally, totally do. Um, really, really cool models. I'll definitely be picking this one up. And looking at the preview for the last uh, Warband that will be released this season, obviously we have Karga's Raiders, the Chaos. Um, we have the Seraphon, which look really good. I'll definitely be picking that up. The Vampire Counts, which everybody's drooling over. Brilliant models. Can't wait to get those. Savage Orcs, those are Bone Reapers. And then the last one, I thought in the silhouette that we see in the preview picture, I thought it was like a gyro, a gyrocopter. But then everybody was saying it looks like some sort of like a lamprey or flying fish. And I was like, oh yeah, it totally does. Plus the symbol looks like Ideneth Deepkin, 100%. Um, it might actually be their symbol. Forgive me if I'm missing the obvious there. So an Ideneth Deepkin warband. Sign me up. I'm going to be buying every single one of these uh, for this season. I have most of them anyway. Um, love it. It does definitely look like some sort of like a lamprey type fish that's flying, like swimming over a shipwreck or something like that. So very cool. Can't wait uh, to get my hands on some more of these models. All right. Big news in the 40K world. Drukari are getting an updated uh, codex. And they're going to be in the new Piety and Pain box set, which is coming out pretty soon. And that's going to be a combination of Sisters of Battle and Drukari. A really fun mix there. And the new rules that have been previewed for Drukari look really exciting. Very excited to... uh, How many times can they say exciting in one sentence? Uh, Really looking forward to uh, getting new rules for Drukari. This has always, to me, been one of the most aesthetically pleasing factions in 40k i absolutely love the models and they have such a cool play style right like i think the game is better when you have drukari players running around because you know space marines all like i shouldn't say that like you know space marines are what they are they're always super popular but drukari is like such a, a palette cleanser right like they play in a different way they look different they're super fast um Really, really excited. Uh, Tomodachi Express says um, they look like they got a huge nerf. I wouldn't, I don't think so, right? Like people knee jerk so hard. You're looking at a couple rules out of context and they're like, ah, GW ruined my book. And then they come out and they end up being super good. So I think Jukari look really good. Obviously hang tight and wait till you get the full context before you freak out. I'm, I'm thinking they look pretty good. So uh, we won't go through every little thing that they got. Every, all of you have already read it so far. So for oh, Tomodachi Express says he was joking. Ah, you got me. Rummer says it's going to make a witch army. Really excited. 
Phil Kelly rubbed my belly. He says the combat patrol box is a real bargain. Yeah. There's some Dracori are badass, man. And like, I think you can make a strong argument that they are the truly evil faction in the game because they are conscientiously evil by choice. You know, like orcs are just having fun. They're doing their, what comes to them by their nature. They don't even see themselves as bad guys. They're just, they're happy, right? Chaos, they got a, I don't know. They, some of them are evil. Some of them got a raw deal. They could almost be cast as a somewhat tragic faction. Tyranids are just eating stuff, right? Necrons have feelings now. So they're not even on the docket. Drakari are like, we're evil because we like it. That's pretty bad, you know? So it's, they're, they're, they're kind of the, the heel of the 40K universe to a certain extent. And, uh, and, they, and they like it and they look good doing it. So I've always enjoyed that about them. But uh, they have some really cool stuff. Cableite Trueborn are uh, coming back. That's exciting. I know a lot of people felt like they got a raw deal when they didn't, um, when they got dropped out of the Codex. And they look f ridiculously good. They hit on twos and they can never get a minus one to, to hit. That's savage. Um, if they could still pack four blasters like they used to, they're going to be really good. But the rule that really stands out is the rating force rule. And this is the one we'll, we'll talk about here. If every detachment in your army is Drukhari, a Drukhari patrol detachment changes the combat cost of those attachments to zero CP. This is really good. This is real good. Take it from me to you. This is solid. And it's very thematic. Really, really, really like this kind of rule. As we were talking about earlier with the uh, Armies of Renown and uh, Dark Angels, give me more of this sort of uh, thematically powerful uh, type of rule in the game. Games Workshop, please keep it coming. Um, so you have to take one, uh, you have to take one detachment each of uh, Cabal, Witch Cult, Homunculus, Coven, what we had in the past, but uh, now you don't uh, lose any CP. It's really good. Really, really good. Can't wait to see what people do with that uh, on the tabletop. So I love it. Can't wait to see it. Um, I think if you're a Jukari player, you should be excited. And uh, we'll see. We'll see as we get more rules. All right. If you wanted to get your hands on a 40 or a FLG, excuse me, FLG 40K Events Express Pass, you have one, not even a week. We're coming down the last days that these will be for sale. They're almost all gone. And we are going to pull the plug on this on Monday, uh, this coming Monday, which is the 22nd, I believe, of March. Uh, so this coming Monday is the last day to pick up a FLG 40K Express Pass. So what is it, in case you haven't been paying attention? This is a discounted pass to get you entry into any three 40K events of your choice between now and the end of next year. So not the end of 2021, the end of 2022, right? So over 14 events to choose from. We're adding more events as we go. It's a really good deal. It saves you about 23% off of MSRP on the tickets and you get early registration. So it's a really good deal. You have, what is it? 21 months to use it. So um, lots of time, lots of events to choose from. And if you have already purchased an Express Pass and you wanted to use one of your three credits for the Atlantic City Open, which is coming up in June, please check your email and let us know that you want to use one of your credits so that we can make sure to take those tickets out of registration when we open up general registration. So again, Monday, 
this coming Monday, which I believe is March 22nd, is, yeah, it is, is the 22nd, is going to be the deadline to pick up one of those discounted express passes. All right, Atlantic City Open 2021. So, looking really good to go. Um, we were not sure it was going to happen. Like, obviously, to, you know, COVID is a, is a thing we've all been enduring for this past year. But thankfully, cases have been going down steadily. Uh, as of two weeks ago, 92 million Americans had gotten at least their first uh, COVID-19 vaccine shot. And that was two weeks ago. And then they've been increasing in the efficiency at which they're getting them. Several of the staff here have already been vaccinated. Um, so I'm, I'm, gosh, it's like, I'm not an expert. I could be wrong. Take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. But it look we're looking good. It looks like we're coming towards, um, I, I feel like the light at the end of the tunnel is seeing, we can see it. So we feel confident that we can open up registration for Atlantic City Open, which is in June. Um, the current administration had said that the plan is that uh, every American should be vaccinated by May if they choose if they choose to do it. I don't know why you wouldn't, but that's a that's each individual's free to do what they they want. Um, so we're looking good, right? Uh, we've been in close communication with the administrative staff there in uh, Atlantic City, and which isn't located in New Jersey. And we're, everything's looking good. Now it's going to be extremely restricted for health and safety reasons, which is totally reasonable. Um, we, we, the, the well-being of our attendees is our number one concern. And if we have to pull the plug on the event, we will. Uh, we've done that for every event since COVID hit. But um, I, I feel cautiously optimistic. So if you are interested in going to the Atlantic City Open, again, it's in June it's a, it's the, the resort that we're at is gorgeous. It is beautiful. And obviously June is a great time for a, a beach vacation. Hope fingers crossed this, you know, it'll be a safe that we can do it safely and all that. Um, we're going to be extremely social distancing. All the tables will be at least six to nine feet apart, mandatory masks, mandatory uh, temperature check. We're asking anybody that wants to go participate in these kinds of things, please try and go get a vaccine. If not for yourself, for for other people, um, even if you don't, you know, if, if that's not your deal, it's still, it could be helpful for other people. So consider it if you're planning on engaging in any kind of social activity. Um, so we feel good about it. Now, of course, we're gonna have a super robust um, uh, refund policy. We are putting in the contingency that we want everybody to be crystal clear that the event might not happen. If uh, health and safety officials tell us we can't do it, we're not going to. But I'm feeling pretty good right now. I, I, I'm an optimist. I always try to look at the glass half full. So, you know, that's that's me, but I'm feeling good. So uh, keep your eye open. We're going to be opening up registration for that at the end of the month. Um, because it's going to be much smaller than it could be, this event could be almost LVO big. Um, and I think it will because of where it's located in time, not this year. So um, the tickets are probably gonna sell really quickly because we have a pretty strict limit on how many people can come. You know, if, if cases keep going down and, and um, as we get closer, we'll open up more tickets. But for now, we're planning on it being a, a pretty, you know, a reasonably sized event, what we can do safely. Um, safety is the number one priority with this. So uh, if you do wanna go, we recommend you grab those tickets right away. 
when they become uh, open for registration. And we will have a very robust refund policy your money. You can uh, roll it over to the next year's event. You can turn it into store credit or you can get a refund with a, a very small service fee that we'll take off because to help offset the labor cost involved. Whew. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we're almost done with this endurance just crappy situation that we've been in. Um, hopefully. All right. One last promo. We do have a sale going on now on Tundra mats. FLG mats, Tundra and snow covered Tundra are really popular. Very cool, very unique looking mats. If you want to get one, jump on in the web cart. 21% off and that uh, promo will be going for the next two weeks. All right, let's take a look at the uh, ITC rankings. As you can see, people around the world are starting to play. Um, the situation is different in every country and every state in the United States. And uh, it's cool to see people being able to participate again. You know, be safe, be smart. Points aren't worth yours or somebody else's, you know, health and well-being. But just looking at the activity that's going on, people are starting to come back out into the daylight from out of the caves. Uh, let's take a look at the top five in the 40K ITC. Ryan Snyder is currently in first place, followed by Sean Rodriguez. David Ozawa is in third. Nathan Finnell in fourth. And... Jamie Pirozolo is in fifth. Where are all my Icelandic players at? You got to get back in there, guys. Uh, that was fun with me trying to say all your names. Uh, let's take a look at the hobby track for 40K. Current top five, Rick Hill, followed by Sean Nasto. James Weston in third. Nick Hendricks in fourth. And Rich Mahoney in fifth. Uh, ba 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 Current top five, Age of Sigmar, Anthony Trentinelli still in first place, followed by Nate Trentinelli. I would imagine that they are related in some way. Dennis Brabazon in third, Jared Neiman in fourth, and Lions Canino in fifth. That is a really cool name. My name was Lions. <laughs> uh, uh, let's take a look at Kill Team. Current Kill Team top five, uh, clearly we've got some Spanish uh, Spanish-speaking countries that are getting back in the action, which is very cool. Alvaro Lorenzo is currently in first place, followed by Adon Gunak in second. Ace KT in third. Ace is another killer first name, if that's real. Uh, we got Saul Perez Nunez in fourth and Pedro Lopez in fifth. It's good to see our Spanish-speaking uh, comrades getting out there and getting out get some games in. You know, Kill Team is really popular in Spain. Um, Coming back to normal, little step-by-step. Step. Ah, God, I can't wait. So sick of doing nothing but going home, coming to work, going home, coming to work, going home. <laughs> it's like, uh, just like everybody else. Everybody else is in the same boat. So uh, if you are watching a visual uh, version of the show, ooh-wee, take a look at some of these awesome pictures from the FLG Paint Studio. Uh, got a, a lot of Age of Sigmar and Warcry commissions we've recently finished. I love the Warcry models. I have almost all of them. Really, really, really cool. Rum Runner in the chat asks, they're going to be an ITC Warcry rankings? I mean, we definitely could. Uh, I don't, is there Warcry? I've read the rules. It seems like it's kind of uh, like a more for funsies game. Like that doesn't mean you couldn't play it in a, in a tournament. 
The game looks super fun. Um, if there is an organized scene for Warcry, let me know. We, we would be more than happy to set up a, an ITC ranking system for Warcry. I just, I just wasn't aware of whether or not that is something that people played at events. Um, I mean, I don't see why not, right? It's just the game looks badass and the, um, the terrain and everything. Oh, gorgeous game. Uh, and these, obviously, the first ones are the Iron Golems. Uh, then we've got some Night Haunts. Very, very cool. Ooh, the Splintered Fang is what... Uh, these sort of like Greek theme poison... I don't know what... I don't know what's going on, but I love them. They look great. Kind of gladiatorial theme. And then we have the Corvus Cabal. A bird-themed Warcry Warbrand. And the models are brilliant. Tomodachi Express says it's super casual and kind of swingy, but it's great. Yeah, that, that's the feeling I got from it. Um, that the rules look really good for um, like a narrative, like a league. And I, I could you could totally play it at a tournament. Why not? But it does look very, very luck dependent. Um, and yeah, the models are spectacular. So good. John Machado, is that JMac? What's up, dude? Uh, and yeah, Frankie is not on signals from the front line uh, anymore. That could change, of course. But uh, he, uh, as the company has been growing and, and there's more and more to do, he is focusing more on operational tasks internally. So, um, you know, we made the decision that uh, it would probably be better for him to focus on that and not dedicate a couple hours of his week every week two signals. So you're stuck with my ugly mug. Sorry. What's up, J-Mac? How's the uh, baby? How's everything going? How you doing? Hope everything's going well. Congratulations on the new house. That's exciting. Buying a house in California is quite the accomplishment. <laughs> Not very many people can do it. I was just looking at a map on what the average income to buy a home in different parts of the country in San Jose, California, which is like that's Silicon Valley. The median income to afford a home is $250,000 a year. A quarter million dollars a year to buy a normal house. What? That's so nuts. Like in Vegas, it's like 60 is like the median income to buy a home. Like that's reasonable and normal for a normal person. It's just, it's insane. Uh, yeah, Tomodachi Express, Hawaii is, I think, second. Uh, it's the second most gnarly. But Hawaii, it kind of makes more sense because there's limited space. Like, my my uh, my cousins live in Hawaii, and um, she's a, a professor at the university, and he teaches at the high school, and they were able to afford a home, but it, if they hadn't moved there like 10 years ago, probably not be able to. Um, but California is nuts. It's a wonderful place to live, but... Oh. It's nuts. Yeah, Tomodachi, you got to ship everything out to Hawaii. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge and it's hard to see family too. Like, I would love to go see my family out there more frequently, but, it, you know, flying out there is quite a to-do and vice versa to come back to the mainland to see everybody. Kool-Aid says, got a stimmy check. Time for some new mats. Well, thank you for your business. We really appreciate it. Then you got to get the Maui milk at $5 a gallon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The milk in Hawaii is crazy expensive probably because they have to ship it out and it's probably hyper pasteurized too to, so it doesn't go bad on the trip out there anyway 
Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us for Signals from the episode from the episode Signals from the Frontline, episode seven hundred and twenty-seven. Hope you enjoyed the show. Appreciate having you join us and uh, chat with me while we talk about the news for the last week. Uh, everybody have a great week. Again, if you want to take advantage of any of those promos that we got going on, please do so. And if you want to get an FLG Express Pass, you have until Monday. If you want to go to the ACO, again, we don't know if it's going to happen or not. We feel very confident that it, that it will in a limited and very uh, safety-conscious fashion. Keep an eye open. Open for those tickets. Those will be going up for sale at the end of the month. Thank you for joining me. Have a great week. Talk to you next week.